The desire to help people leads to various professions in life. The work of a psychologist is as fascinating as it is challenging. Soraya Esteves, you're a clinical psychologist. I'd love to know what are the soft and hard skills suited for such a job and what challenges you encounter. But first of all, I wish to ask you, have you done in life what you studied for? Hello, Lyra. Thank you very much for having me in your podcast. It's a pleasure. Getting back to your question, yes, I studied to become a psychologist. It wasn't the first degree that I studied. Initially, when I finished high school, I studied political science. And only three years after, I decided to change my career. I decided to become a psychologist And the reason for this was I was living in Canada at the time and I love to do volunteer work. So I decided to volunteer my time in a psychiatric hospital. I was working as a teacher's assistant with autistic children. And one of the things I realized while working there is that I lacked the skills to really work with these children. So I, after a little bit of research, I said to myself, well, I need to study more. I need to go into psychology. And that's the reason why, basically, at the end of the day, it was just this yearning to be able to help and to know more about autism. And there you go. Do you think that there are specific skill sets that make you want to become a psychologist? There are specific needs. And like you were saying, the aim and the wish to help others. Is it something that someone must have in order to become a psychologist? I think that helping, the desire to help other people is definitely something that we need to feel. As well, I think it's more a need to understand, to have questions answered. Why does something happen? Why do people behave in a certain manner? So this desire to answer these questions, I think it's one of the major reasons why people do become uh, psychologists. As well, I guess the type of person, you need to be empathetic. Then again, it depends which area of psychology you go to. I mean, if you go into clinical psychologist, you are more in contact with people and with various types of conditions as well, like depression, anxiety, bipolar. While if you go into other areas of psychology, such as marketing, economical, then you are also in touch with people, but on a different level. It's more about the desires of a group or as well the perceptions of what product or how to present a product, how will that call to the masses? So psychology is a very, very big area. It's not just clinical psychology. It's not just focused on the mental health aspects. It also has a whole lot of possibilities. So I would like people to understand that it's not just, you don't just have to work in a hospital or a clinic. You can do so much more with this degree. So what does a clinical psychologist do? like on a daily basis? So a clinical psychologist, it really depends where they work. I work in private practice, so it means that I have my patients. My patients, they reach me through an email, phone, through my website, 
And later we start the psychotherapy process, meaning we have, depending on the person, we'll have sessions either on a weekly basis, every two weeks, whatever the need of the patient is. So basically a, a normal day for me would be starting with e looking at my emails, finishing up some notes of previous sessions, meeting up with clients. Uh, I do online therapy, so it's literally via Zoom or Skype or WhatsApp. Usually a session will last between 45-50 minutes long and in that moment, you are there for your patient or client. You are there to listen to them, to understand what is going on in their week, what happened. I give a lot of homework, so we always discuss the homework as well. And this is on repeat, so uh, I will have a little break in between sessions to write up my notes. I will meet up with another person after that. It's a very diverse job because people are so different. We are all unique so it's for me, it's a fascinating job because I get to understand how people live. I, I, I get to understand people's hopes and dreams and what they wish for their life. So I'm very grateful to be in this line of work. And it's a job that really gives me a lot of pleasure. It's great when you can have satisfaction from your job. It's fantastic. It's the best thing. <laughs> Between subjective and objective observation, how do you need to relate to your patient in order to avoid being judgmental or putting the input that is your own life and your own values into what he is or she is telling you and during the session? Because that for me is one of the hardest things of the job. You're right, Lyra. I mean, this is something that you are not taught at university. We do discuss it. We do discuss that we cannot be judgmental, that we can not give our own opinions, but that's the theory of it. So that is why within psychology, we do internships, and that's where we learn it. We learn it through observation. We learn through our own experiences. So I remember that when I was doing my first internship, The first three months, I was a mere observer. So I would be sitting with other psychologists and they would be doing their session and I would just take notes and observe and listen. And, uh, and this is how you learn, by seeing and by being present and seeing how other people are doing it. At the end of each day, I would have a meeting with my supervisor where I would be able to ask questions. Why did you say this? Why did you not ask this? So it's a lot of, you need to be there in the moment to really understand psychology in its practical side, because the theory is very beautiful and you need it. Of course, you need to have the substance of psychology. It's fundamental. But then in the practice, you need to be actively listening to, to, to the person in front of you. You can't force yourself just because you want to hear or you need to ask certain and certain questions to your client. You need to be in tune with them. Are they really wanting to tell you this? Is this the way that they want to conduct? It's their time. So that hour that you are with them, you need to be listening to them. They give you the input and you are just listening and giving some feedback to them at the end. At what point does a psychologist that becomes a psychologist from 
a degree than actually embrace the, um, the profession. I think the majority of psychologists that finish the degree at university, some of them after the first year, they realize that this is not for them. So they change degrees. That's a minority. I guess the true nature of our job as psychologists is really seen and felt when we start our internship, because that's when we really are in touch with the practical, uh, how to be a psychologist. Everything you learned at university now needs to be put into practice. And at the end of the day, I had some colleagues at university that during their internship, they just didn't want to do it anymore. They realized it was just not for them. And they continued working within the field of psychology, just not in the clinical side of it. So some of them went to work in human resources. Others studied a little bit more in marketing, and then they, they continued in the field of psychology and marketing. So just because you study psychology it doesn't mean that you need to stay within a particular branch of it. Like I said, psychology is a huge field. Anything that touches other human beings, it's psychology at the end of the day. But yes, in the clinical field, I do find that some of my colleagues did find that it was not what they were looking for during their internship. I recall what you were telling me about your daughter wanting to become a psychologist and you thought that it was not going to be a perfect job for her. Can you tell me why? When my daughter was choosing which field to study at university, she said, Mommy, you know, I, I want to become a psychologist. I, I was touched. I think every parent likes our, our, our children to kind of follow in our footsteps. But I know my daughter very well. And even though my daughter is a very caring, empathetic human being, and she does love to help her friends, so she was the to-go person if there was any problem you know, with a boyfriend or a problem with uh, another friend. So she was the person that would be able to listen and give good advice. So I did explain to her that I didn't think it would be a good fit for her. Because my daughter is a very social, creative human being. She needs to have a lot of people around her. And the job of a psychologist is a very solitary one. I mean, we do work in a team, but we are not with a team all the time. So like I explained, on a daily basis, we are with our clients. Uh, we make our notes. It, it's very... We write a lot, we study a lot, it's a continuous education for us, and we might only be with our colleagues in meetings. And, and I think that people do need to realize that it is a, a solitary job and that, I mean, of course, you can meet up with colleagues to discuss this and that, and maybe you have a doubt about a certain subject. So you do go find other colleagues and you do discuss this. But on a daily to day basis, it is just you and your patients. Are there any myths around your profession? There are so many myths around our profession. I think that it is one of the greatest battles uh, in psychology is to fight against the stigma around uh, psychology and around mental health. I mean, 
everybody, in my opinion, should have a psychologist. It should be as acceptable as I have a cold, I go to my doctor because you will be able to prescribe me either some some medicine or just say you need a little bit of rest and you're going to be okay. And the psychologist should be exactly like that. Our mental health is fundamental for our well-being. And so many people suffer in silence exactly because of all the myths and stigma surrounding psychology. Uh, I mean, I was telling you that one of the sectors in society that, that are so penalized and so stigmatized by the rest of society are men. There's these myths, you know, men don't cry and you're a boy, you need to be strong and you need to be brave and you need to be the provider. And men, they suffer from mental health issues as well. They suffer from depression. They surf, suffer from burnouts. They suffer from pain and loss in a relationship, pain and loss from the death of a family member, so many things. And yet, because of the stigma uh, that is that surrounds them in society, they suffer in silence and it shouldn't be like that. I mean, depression in male adults is very high. In consequence, there's a high percentage of suicide within the male uh, population, exactly because of the stigma. Mm -hmm. Another one is that, you know, you only find a psychologist if you are crazy. It is, it, it, that is not the truth. I mean, you can go to a psychologist just because you want to develop something, you want to better your self-esteem, you want to talk to someone else about a potential career uh, change in your life, about a potential change of country, anything. You don't have to have a serious condition. I mean, you don't have to be at the bottom of the well to go and find help. And I think that nowadays, there are a lot of mental health campaigns, and I'm so grateful for this. Myself, I have an Instagram page where I discuss exactly the, the stigma of mental health and that people should get help and that people should not wait until they are in a crisis situation to find help. I really do hope that going to a psychologist becomes just something normalized uh, and something that people can do without feeling that they have to hide it from others or that they have to, uh, you know, it's a big secret. It's okay to go to a psychologist. It's okay to feel, to want to feel good about yourself and to want to better your, your, your life. It's fundamental for now. Do people heal from mental illnesses? People do get better. There are some situations where people do live with a certain condition uh, for the rest of their lives, but it is very manageable and psychology and doing therapy and psychotherapy really improves the quality of life of the people that suffer from a chronic condition. For example, uh, schizophrenia, depression, chronic depression or, or anxiety, uh, people do uh, improve their quality of life by doing therapy. Some people will need to have to, to take medication uh, for the rest of their lives, but you can't see this as 
a lose-lose situation. I mean, people have diabetes and they still have to take medication and they're not hiding at home because they have diabetes. They, they take their medication and they do their life with the recommendations of the doctor. It's the same for uh, someone that suffers and has bipolar disease, for example. They take their medication, they are followed by a psychotherapist, and they can live a perfectly normal life. And they don't have to hide in the shadows. They don't have to be afraid to say, I have this certain condition. And, and therapy, for sure, helps a lot. Do you have a, an anecdote, a remarkable one, one that you are fond of or have a good memory of? Well, I, I have many stories, but mostly I think that being a psychologist and doing therapy is something that I'm always in awe. It gives me a sense of fulfillment when I start to seeing a patient And after a few, a few months of therapy, I see such an improvement, such a difference. And they are now living their best life. Uh, they are, and they even tell me, you know, uh, thank you. Or, or I've, I've heard uh, some, some patients of mine saying, oh, you are magical. Um, mm -hmm. I, I find this very funny because I'm not magical. I don't have a magic wand. I wish I did sometimes, but I, I don't. And therapy, it's not just the work of the psychologist. It's your patient has a lot of work as well. You are there to guide them. You are not there to tell them how they should live their life. You listen to what they, they give to you and what it is that they want in their life, and you guide them through it. So it's, it gives you a, a high sense of fulfillment to see them reaching their goals And, and that I was alongside the ride, you know, and the, the hard work that they put in to reach whatever it is that they, they wanted to reach. I mean, I can tell you that, uh, I think I discussed with this with you before, it, it's not a very funny anecdote or a very nice one. But when I was doing my internship, it was the first time that I was going to be by myself with a patient. I was very enthusiastic about it. I was very hopeful. And my supervisor gave me a task. You know, you need to ask a certain number of questions. You need to get this information from them. So I, I did. I did what my supervisor told me. But I annulled my intuition. I didn't follow my intuition. And you, you need to, to follow it in, in, in a session. You need to listen to the person in front of you. And I didn't. I ignored her. I, I dismissed what she was saying. And it ended very badly. She left my office. I didn't want to become a psychologist anymore. So this put a lot of uh, doubt in myself. But after discussing this with my supervisor, she said to me, Soraya, I am betting you that from now on, this mistake you will never make again. And she was right. You know, we're not perfect. We're all human beings. Psychologists are not perfect either. So we are allowed to make mistakes. We are allowed to learn from our mistakes. So for me, that session, it made me learn a lot about myself, about my job, about how I should behave and how I should be with other people. So 
I'm very happy and thankful that it happened because it's not a very good anecdote, but um, it's something that I will always remember for sure. Is there a way to realize sooner if you're actually fit for the, for the job, if it's something that you would be willing to pursue before you do the internship so that for someone who is more or less convinced to become a psychologist but doesn't have the whole range of knowledge to decide sooner than later whether that is a good path for him or her? I think the best way for anyone to, to if they're thinking about becoming a psychologist, I think talking to other professionals, so talking to psychologists, ask them, what is it like? What is the job like? Of course, if you don't have the degree, you cannot observe, you can't ask to observe a session. It's not ethical and nobody would ever allow you to do this. Maybe you could do some volunteering. There are many organizations and associations that do volunteering work. I think that would give you an insight into different types of people, different types of realities as well. Uh, and if it gives you a sense of accomplishment by talking to different types of people, there are different cultural backgrounds, people with completely different points of view from yours. How do you react to that? Are you accepting of it? But if you really are interested, I think talking to professionals is the best way to go because unfortunately you can't volunteer or you can't go and test being a psychologist. Mm -hmm. It's not allowed. It's not possible, but for sure you can discuss it. Regarding the studying of psychology, I studied in Portugal. So the way that it works there is you do three years of general psychology and the last two years of study you specialized in a certain field. In my case, I studied clinical psychology. My university also had health psychology and economical psychology. So it would be interesting for you to really look into the different branches of psychology because there are many of them and just feel have a feel for it and see what works and what resonates with you the most. And of course, after the four to five years of study that you have, you need to do, in my case, I did two internships. So I did an academic internship and a professional internship. After all of this as well, you need to do a course a week. It's a week's course to enter the order of psychologists. So in Portugal, you cannot practice psychology if you are not registered by the order of psychologists. There you have support and help for your profession and it regulates, it's an order that regulates your profession as well. And, on, and then after this, like I told you, psychology is a continuous education. You can't just do your degree and then stop. It's a science that keeps evolving. New theories, uh, new ways of treatment are always coming out. So we read a lot. We do a lot of congresses, uh, a lot of workshops. And I also studied, uh, I did a postgraduate degree in clinical psychology and neuropsychology for two years. So it's a field that you really need, you need to like to study. You need to like to keep improving yourself and learning a little bit more. You don't stop, which 
is great. And with this, we end our interview. Soraya, I want to thank you for taking the time to tell your story. I hope it will inspire a lot of people, giving an insight of what is the job of a psychologist. If you listen to the very end, thank you. Stay tuned on my Instagram page and see you soon.